Hi everyone, thanks for joining me. My name is David Birnbaum. Today I'm joined by Jacob McInnes. We're going to be talking about gender and more specifically our experiences with gender. Welcome to the safe space. Thanks for joining me, Jacob. Thanks for having me, David. So I guess the best uh, point to start at is actually how we got introduced. I was looking for someone who would be willing to come on and speak about gender and I unfortunately don't have anyone that's uh, gender non-binary in my life and I was introduced to you by a mutual friend. Good mutual friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can just get started with um, what what have your experiences been, you know? And I'm a straight cis person, and you know I've kind of I've had more confusion than some. But can you just start? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, telling us about what it's been like for you. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty at this point. Um, it's pretty early in my kind of new gender search, um, my, my identity search, but um, so I was born um, a boy. I grew up in Whitby with my family um, and I had many women around me. Um, my older sister, my younger sister, my mother, she has six sisters. Um, there's a lot of feminine energy and I grew up um, around a lot of strong women. And I, I think when I, when I was little, I always, I knew I was a boy, but I always kind of wished that I were a girl. Everything I loved doing, girls did. Um, uh, I loved, you know, pretty colors and dresses and Barbies. And of course, that uh, doesn't really translate, especially in the early 90s. Um, so at school, I started getting bullied. And funny enough, um, a lot of the kind of disses were, you're a girl, you're a girl. So. I kind of, I would, because I was raised Roman Catholic, my dad's a deacon, so I would always kind of pray to God, and I almost thought it was this, like, Santa Claus relationship, and I would always ask him to make me a girl, because I always found the common denominator for all of my bullying and all the kind of, you know, fag, gay, all that stuff was that I, I wasn't a girl, and if I had been a girl, that wouldn't have happened, yeah. because I was, I was so not fitting in that boy peg, um, and as I got older, I, I um, started kind of, I'm an actor, so I started hanging out with more um, artistic people and kind of finally saw like, oh my God, this huge world of possibility and of um, nonconformism. And I mean, fast forward to now times, um, especially with the gender issue being such a huge thing um, in popular society and society, um, I, I've been kind of opened up to a new world in terms of gender because I always identified as a gay man, my sexuality, and I always thought that was kind of it. Um, and then this gender discussion came up and um, now it's so lovely to know that I, I don't actually have to choose a gender, that gender is more of a scale yeah. and less of like a black and white thing. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay, and, that's, yeah. that's very interesting and thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Um, so, you know, a lot of what we hear in the conversation now is about trans and, you know, mm -hmm. are you trans or not? And that's, you know, trans is someone who was born a boy and identifies as a, a woman right. uh, or vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. And um, is, but that's not uh, what, how you identify, right? right? It's somewhere, there's more di growing discussion now about the spectrum. And I think that's really interesting to me. And it plays into, you know, 
gender overall, right? Because it's not just you're a man or a woman, but it's also what is a man, what is a woman, right? So, you know, I have a lot of traits in myself that are not typically masculine traits. I'm not a macho man. And, you know, I grew up in the 90s as well, and that was the thing was, you know, these are what, this is what a boy does, this is what a girl does. And to me, it's very interesting to think about, you know, what I like in my life and if I like something that is typically a feminine trait, does that make me more of a female? Or why can't I just like those things as a male, right? And so have you found it's sort of a similar thing that, um, yeah, how has that been from your point of view? Right, well, going back to what you were talking about, uh, um, uh, transgender, um, when that discussion started coming up, I started asking myself, well, okay, well, maybe am I transgender? Um, but I've... I've never felt uncomfortable in my body in that I felt like it needed to change. And that, it, it was actually amazing timing because at the time I started asking like, maybe I am transgender, maybe like, you know, um, this whole gender kind of spectrum yeah. started coming up. And uh, so that was very comforting knowing that I could still have my body. Um, the boy parts and and kind of explore more feminine traits topics, whatever and like I I mean like I said in my life I always loved things that girls liked that were typical girl things and uh, in my home life um, That was that kind of behavior was um, like my parents are wonderful, but of course they worry about their kid and about they know that bullying's bad so at home my my um just like how I walked you know stop walking with your hips and um the way I said my s's were super effeminate so that behavior was trying to be modified and out of love but I I, I don't know well they do now but yeah. they didn't know that that was kind of a damaging thing mm -hmm. I, th I think a big thing is again you know, what are the expectations we put on kids and, and on adults? Um, when, when we were growing up, as you said, you liked some girl things, so you, like, the, the connotation was gay, right? Like, if you played with Barbies, you're probably gay. Whereas now, it's, oh, maybe you're a girl. Like, that, it's kind of this shifting landscape, but I just still don't understand why a boy can't like playing with Barbies. Why can't a, sh maybe you're straight and male and you like playing with Barbies. Like, um, it still seems that we're not okay. There's still, it's still this fundamental thing of toxic masculinity, in my opinion. You know, why can't me as a straight white male, cis, play with Barbies and all these things? Why do I have to identify some other way? And you don't have to, but that seems to be, um, you know, with any binary, it's like that, right? Yeah. Well, like you said, it's that toxic masculinity. That's kind of how our whole society is constructed yeah. right now. Uh, you know, men are men and women are women, and I think that's been for so long. I know especially, uh, I heard, like, uh, it was around the 50s that kind of shifted, because I know, like, the wars were ending and people were craving this, like, normalcy and these, like, guidelines and rules. So I think that kind of blue is for boys, pink is for girls, like, that's when that started. And, and that's the root of it all. That's why you know, you, I mean, you absolutely can be a cisgendered straight male and like those things, but it's just not shown on TV right now. You know, it's still Hot Wheels for boys and Barbies for girls. So once that starts changing, I think, and, and once people know that it's safe to do that and to explore and to um, be who you are and just like what you like, um, that's going to start. Definitely. And like growing up, um, 
Like I always liked pink and purple, and back then those were girl colors. Oh, yeah. I went to school. Even now, even now they're still considered that. But you know, I remember going to high school wearing a pink shirt and getting flack, and yeah. I was just like, "This is an awesome color. What's your problem?" <laughs> right? Whereas, you know, as I've grown up, though, as I've aged, I I, I have quite an anxious brain, so I, I've been thinking about lots of things. You know, I went through my "Am I gay? Am I straight?" phase because you know it was an option. I wanted to think that through, and I've started to do that with gender as well because there are a lot of things that are typically feminine, right? Like I'm not a macho man. I don't like going and sleeping around and that kind of thing. I want someone I care about. I like cuddling, and those are feminine traits. But like, why? Right? Like sensitive it just doesn't. Traits. They're sensitive traits, right. and it's like because they're soft. They're not strong and yeah. hard. But it seems like, you know, to have, once you start having those traits, obviously people self-identify, right? But once you start having those traits, there's this expectation that you are now, you know, on some spectrum. Right. And it's, at that point, what's the, like, is there any point of talking about gender at all? Like, why can't you just be, you're born right. and you are how you are? Why is there a need to say you're cis or trans or somewhere in between? Why can't you just exist? And it doesn't really matter how you're born. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. That's really the goal, right? Yeah. Where the goal is that it won't matter. Mm -hmm. The goal is that on your passport, it won't have to say male or female. Yeah. That's the point. Because that, like, like uh, right now in society, I think especially we're really craving labels. I think we always have because um, it's safe that way. Because if someone says I'm gay, then you you know, you know they they have limitations now, and so I think a lack of labels is really scaring people because they don't feel kind of grounded in. Uh, that's what I'm assuming anyway. But I, I see it even from you know my own family and you know <laughs> the kind of like Republican-y uncles. Um, the, yeah. Anyway. That's, um, that's kind of what we're moving towards. And I, I do think it's just because people are scared to not have those like guidelines and not have the safety of like, okay, well, you're in that box, you're in that box, you're in that box, you yeah. know? And I think you see that kind of, the, the sexuality spectrum is kind of, you know, let's say 10, 20 years ahead of where the gender spectrum is going. So you see that now there was you know, straight and gay, and then there was bi for everything in between. But now there's so many, it's, we're really getting rid of that. But even, you know, I have friends in the gay community and they still, they still hold to that binary. You know, a man who claims to be bi, they're really just not comfortable admitting they're gay yet. That's what I hear and, you know, that surprises me as well because that's very different. Someone who identifies as bi is not necessarily gay, but I hear that even from within the community. Well, yeah, that's the thing too, because being part of the LGBTQ community, um, you do see a lot of actually homophobia and, and transphobia. And um, like I, I've even said before in my kind of ignorant whatever, I've, I've been like, oh no, they're not bi. They're just like eventually gonna say that they're gay. But it's that, it's going back to that. People are so afraid of knowing that's, now that person has a whole like world of people to, to be with and to fall in love with. And I think, um, well, because actually, too, like, I know where it comes from, because as, as a, a, a man 
who grew up in this kind of like masculine world and I finally like came out, um, it's so much easier to come out when you say you're bi because I don't know, people just like were like, oh, okay, well, as long as you like girls too. But then it came into that thing where people, especially from the gay community, were like, bi doesn't exist. But the, the actually when the gender um, non-binary like scale kind of like came out and people were talking about it, I went, Jacob, you're in, like how dare you say that that's not their experience because so many people say, well, you're not gay, like that's not a thing. You know, you're choosing that. And, uh, and that kind of made me stop and check my, yeah. check myself and yeah. That's fair. Going back to how you said you were raised, you were raised by a lot of strong uh, female, mm -hmm. uh, female individuals. Obviously that influences anyone, how they're raised, who they're raised around. Um, do you think that factor, that obviously, do you think that factored in or is it like, right. is it nature versus nurture, right? You were raised by a lot of strong women, so you will see the, the positives of strong female traits, right? Like if you're raised by a macho man and that's all you know, that's what you learn. I was raised, you know, by a strong mother and a strong father. So I, my mom is very proud of how sensitive I am and things like that. And she tried to actively instill her qualities in me. Um, and so obviously being raised by, you know, a, a large amount of women would influence you. But how do you feel, um, like, how, what do you feel, right. how? Yeah. <laughs> it's ahead. a good question. That's a good question. And that's something I ask myself a lot and think about. Um, I kind of have a crap memory of when I was little, um, but what my mom tells me and what my dad tells me, because my dad was there too, and he, he loves sports, he like can fix anything ever, um, but he's also a sensitive, kind of quiet guy. Um, I don't know, yeah, I mean, I, I, my mom said that I was always really, really, really gentle, really soft-spoken, I instantly loved like playing with shoes, high heels, like that kind of a thing, like straight out the gate. Uh, and uh, I think the kind of like, the way I spoke started developing like as my sister, I always just kind of like copied my sister because I yeah. adored her, we were two years apart, like I really looked up to her. So um, yeah, I don't know, that's a great question. I'm sure it definitely informed a lot of my mannerisms. The way I speak is very much how my mom and my sister speak. Um, but I do have a lot of qualities like, you know, cause it's not just, I, I do have like masculine traits too. And in a, I'm an actor. So in our kind of world, um, it's important that I can, I can kind of morph into both male and female. Yeah. And I think I learned how to kind of like fake that masculinity from, um, having to hide yeah. my sexuality and my um, mannerisms so much. So, you know, I think I probably would have been similar to the way I am now, but in terms of just even like a non-gender thing, just like a human thing, I'm very much so my sisters and my mother. So, you see, yeah, that's a, but, but I definitely do think that I, I would have ended up pretty much the way I am. Yeah. That's very fair. For me, I, I do seem to be a fairly linear combination of my father and my mother, and those are at odds in me sometimes mm -hmm. as well. But like as I've aged and I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin, I do see myself 
having more of my mother's traits. Because, you know, in university, I wanted to be the guy, the bro, right? Because that's what was comfortable. And that's, you know, not how I was raised. I was raised, um, you know, to do what I like. But there's so many societal pressures and things like that. So kind of switching to how things are for you now, can you talk to a bit about how your experiences have been? There seems to be, we hear about a lot of discrimination against uh, trans people, non-binary people, and the LGBTQ community in general. Uh, can you talk about your experiences in your industry and overall? Yeah, um, well at this point in time, um, there aren't that many roles for non-binary people like you see much more now like especially in shows like Riverdale and stuff like they have like the gay friend and everyone's like okay we're cool with gay people and then they're starting to work in like people who are transgender and that's starting to become more kind of um seen and heard but in terms of non-binary people there are just like very few roles now they're starting to come and the exciting thing too is now my agents being incredible and super supportive and sending me out to um, more of those roles, which is super exciting. Because um, in, in my industry, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's very much um, me as an actor, I have to be kind of a, a blank canvas and I have to be able to kind of jump into the man's shoes, the, the woman's shoes, the gay shoes, the straight shoes. And uh, I'm kind of tired of trying to slot myself into those, you know, like the, um, the Zach Galifianakis type auditions for the big guys. And, um, but now they're starting to come and I'm really excited because I just want to be myself. Like if I'm going to be on film and TV, like it's fun to play characters, but I'd really love to do something that's super close to home. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. And I think, actually, I think your industry is a perfect kind of thing to talk about because it is the media, it's what we see and it does impact society quite a bit. Do you think it's, you know, it's starting to introduce trans roles. Um, do you think we should get to a point where why, when you write a script, you know, unless it's actively an important piece, why does there need to be a gender scripted for each position at all? Right. Or so like, how far do you think that is? And, or is it just now starting um, and you want to be able to be yourself, is that only, would, do you think that would only be possible in a, a trans role as stuff is being written now? Right. Well, part of the frustrating thing about, especially gay cinema, as I was growing up and kind of YouTubing different like gay movies and it always frustrated me because all the movies were like about having to be um, secretive and like, oh no, we can't love each other because we're gay. It's like, when will I just see a love story that's just about two gay people and it doesn't have to be about like, oh no, we're in trouble with society and like, they can't know. Um, and I think that it, it goes in stages, right? Because you have things like Call Me By Your Name coming out now that doesn't really touch on the kind of danger and it just focuses on the human to human love and interaction, I think that's very much the case with, um, it's starting to with trans characters, where you don't necessarily have to write in a storyline about like how they're dealing with it. It could just be a person is a character and it'll get there eventually, but I think right now um, the discussion has to be pretty loud and clear, like, you know, bold letters. And eventually we'll be able to just watch a film and see an actor perform. And uh, I'm sure eventually like award shows like the Oscars and stuff will be, it won't be best actress, best actor, it'll just be best performance. Yeah. 
you know. Um, and that is actually an interesting point around, you know, how movies are written even. Are there many, I don't know, are there many romantic comedies that are just two males? Like the standard formula of, there's so many romantic comedies, but there's still always a male and a female. Right. Where are the ones of two females or two males? And it just happens that they're the same, pre presumably the same gender, right. right? Instead of always it's the gay character, like the trans character, not just a character. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, where are they? That's what I want to know too. But it, it's it's starting, you know, especially because now a movie like I keep bringing it up, but the movie Call Me by Your Name is now kind of in the the public eye. Like a, a couple years ago, Brokeback Mountain was, and that whole um, conversation that was around that. I remember it was like a huge thing, right? The gay cowboys. Um, but now it's kind of shifting, which is good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but there are not nearly enough just like chill rom-coms about like two women or a trans woman and a straight cisgender male. Like that's just not happening, but it will be. Yeah. Going back, you mentioned, uh, you know, you kind of go for Zach Galifianakis type roles yeah. potentially. <laughs> um, do you find, so you, you present yourself how, you, how you'd like to, um, do you want to grow out a beard? And how does that work if you present feminine some feminine traits, but you happen to have a massive beard. Because I think, I feel even within non-binary, there's still, you know, that would look odd to me relative to what I've seen, Yeah. right? Yeah, well, at this point, I'm just trying to find out who Jacob is and what Jacob wants. Um, aside from gender, I mean, that's always in the back of my head. Um, but I think I can identify as non-binary and have a a huge luscious beard and then have like my lipstick and like my nails done and and wear a dress like I don't think um, I think that's the exciting thing about this kind of um, gender scale is that we don't have it's because we've been so um, kind of bred to think about like the the man slot the woman slot and then there's nothing else um, and especially too, like in more so in like drag culture, now drag queens are coming out and they're having beards and stuff and it's just kind of blurring the lines even more and people are a little bit kind of, uh, I don't know about that, but I'm kind of just like taking the bulls by the horn and just living my most authentic life. And if I want to put on a wig and have an awesome beard, then I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's great to hear. And yeah. it's great that, um, you know, that's starting to be able to just be more comfortable for many people. But I, I do wanna you know, go more on the Jacob question, right? Um, because we've been talking about uh, you know, your gender identity, but obviously there's many more parts to you. I'd like to know how it, how it factors into you overall. Right, well, it's, it's a little tougher, um, especially now kind of like in, like I was saying, in my line of work, um, it's very much so, you know, if a lot of guys decide to live, um, you know, wearing dresses or whatever, the case may be kind of more feminine. Um, people warn saying like, be careful, you're not gonna get hired for roles anymore. Um, and it kind of, it uh, dulls my shine a little bit in terms of how I'd like to fully present myself all the time. Um, because it does, unfortunately at this point, kind of limit your options. Uh, and I mean, people, we're actors, so people should be able to see past that. But unfortunately at this point in time, it's all very kind of linked together. 
yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think that makes sense. And you know, I try and think of any other industry, I can't imagine if I was going in for you know a, pro a professional job interview and I wore a dress and that's just how I wanted to present myself, I don't think that would be well received. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine in any industry it's quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I have a theory that if I weren't an actor um, and I could just kind of be me and not just be a canvas for other characters, which I also love being, um, I think I would kind of live a little louder in terms of my authenticity, like how I actually really want to dress. I mean, in, at this point right now too, there's also a fear factor, um, even living in Toronto. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a task, it's an uphill climb, even for me to just leave my house with a pink jacket on. It's, um, it's a brave thing to walk out of your house and have lipstick on or have your nails painted because you get looks and you get people honking the car, people screaming faggot out the window. Like I wish I were kidding, but I'm not. Um, so I kind of, I think it was about two years ago, I, I, cause I also have, I'm a very anxious person. I'm, and I was bullied when I was younger. So I have those kind of um, uh, shell shock, moments where I, I get afraid and I think that those two years ago I just decided that I would start being a little braver and in my baby steps you know wear a pink jacket and okay you get a couple looks but sometimes like more often than not people are like I love your coat I love your jacket and it's just a simple little thing a little pink jacket but it really has so so much behind it and uh, it, it I take my hat off to those people who are, because I'm very, like I said, like I'm still in the infancy of my of my exploration. Like I can't wait to live a little louder, but I just take my hats off to those people who are living right now, out loud and proud, and they're they're um, something I aspire to be more like, and I can't wait to be more like that because it's uh, it takes bravery. Yeah, well, that's that's great to hear and. You know, I don't know if I'd be brave enough to do it. As I said, like I'm, I've been thinking through, you know, what is my gender? Where do I fall on that on that spectrum? And it actually it gives me more anxiety because I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that. If I if I, you know, figured out I'm, I am not a straight white male. What a cis straight white male? Would I be comfortable enough? Would I be brave enough? And you know, even thinking if that was the case, how would that impact? everything else in my life, my professional aspirations, everything. It's like, it's you know, terrifying. it's terrifying. The thought of maybe it being the case is terrifying. So I can't imagine having to like live that each and every day. Right. Well, I mean, I was talking about the industry I'm in and how it does have its kind of guidelines and whatever. The, the community itself is such a blessing to be a part of uh, because artistic people are just, I mean, historically speaking, the ones who kind of are the champions uh, are the artists. And I'm so lucky to be in that community because I know that at the end of that Uber ride or at the end of that TTC ride where I'm wearing my like main makeup and my and I'm kind of uncomfortable, I know that I'm going to be in a place where I am fully accepted um, and, and fully loved for who I am. So I am so, 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 so lucky and so blessed to be in Canada, to be where I am right now in terms of the discussion, um, but mostly because of the community I'm surrounded by. That's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's so much easier. It is easier being around more. I couldn't imagine. I really actually couldn't imagine um, 
how scary or brave it would it, you'd have to be to kind of like enter your world or a kind of more um, you know male female world uh, that would be challenging yeah yeah and one thing that you, you mentioned how lucky you are to be in Toronto as well and you still get a lot of discrimination but I hear stories of even you know uh, gay and bi friends in small towns and how a lot of people are still very closeted because we have you know in cities there's so many people and you can find those communities and because those communities are strong the city learns to accept that uh, as they should, but in all of these small communities, it's a lot harder, and you might be the only trans person in your town, and to be so isolated, like there, and that's I think you know to not be able to be out is there's a lot of you know mental health problems in the trans community as well because it is to be you're so alone. Yeah. Well, and that's coming back to the importance of us seeing people on TV who are like us. I, I can't tell you how much it, it kind of meant growing up, starting to see these gay characters um, being more widely, widely accepted. Uh, that kind of gave me, sitting at home in Whippy, like there weren't very, I think I was the only out person in my high school and I came out at prom, so like, so, or like there were like four of us. Um, and it was a scary place to navigate, but it was so much easier seeing those people. And I hear a lot about um, trans women, trans women of color seeing, or women of color, people of color, seeing a person of color on TV. Like Oprah said it in her Golden Globe speech, seeing Sidney Poitier up on stage and this man being celebrated for who he is. I just think it's important that we keep pushing to get those people so those little kids, you know, sneaking and watching TV in their room can see these people and say, oh, okay, like this is what I can look forward to. Yeah. And that's why I do think like on the forefront of all of this is always the entertainment industry because they are so important. They, they are what, they try and reflect society back to us. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, if which takes the lead, if they take the lead, society will adapt that way. And there's these arguments that happen in the entertainment industry as well. Um, but I want to, you mentioned like what it comes down to is still the just people, right? We're all people. Um, and I, I do want to thank you again for coming in and being willing to talk about this. Um, and can you talk about your experiences, you know, talking about yourself to me and to other people? Because like, this I find like very interesting and I'm learning a lot. And I, like, I think you're a great guy, obviously, right? Um, <laughs> Thanks. Um, you're great <laughs> thank you. Um, but, you know, to even ask the questions now seems to be unallowed, right? I, like, it's, I, it's scary for me now to try and be informed because I, like, it see, as soon as I ask the question, some people label me a transphobe and, you know, you hear, it's not my job to educate you. But if I can't learn from someone's experiences, how am I ever going to learn? Yeah, well, I think the important thing is to not shame and I think a great way to learn is to ask questions. Um, you can't really get in trouble for asking a question. And if it comes from a place that's um, uh, sincere and wanting to know the truth, I think there's, um, there's great safety in that. And I think also we need to um, make sure that we are, that shaming isn't a thing and that learning is the priority. Um, so things like this, like what you're doing, like this is wonderful. It's it's uh, it, it's 
conversation. And I think that's what we need to be doing more of. At this point in time, there are extreme, especially, you know, with America, there's just extremes, right? It's either you're black, you're white, there's no room for gray. Um, and uh, yeah, I think talking about it as much as you can, like I, in terms of my experience, I think it is, I can be a bit of a, not a champion, not a role model, but even just, you know, I, I did a cabaret, um, I wrote a cabaret uh, about a year ago um, a, called The Woman in Me, and it was the first time I kind of openly talked about how I felt and, and my gender kind of identity, and a lot of people were coming back to me um, after the show just saying that I had opened up their eyes to a lot of different avenues that... Um, even just affecting one person, that's wonderful because they can go and then they can have um, a discussion with someone else. And um, yeah, but like I said, I think the goal is to not shame and the goal should always just be to learn. And there's nothing wrong about that. Of course, people have their backs up because it's a touchy thing. And it's, um, it's hard not being, you know, cisgendered and um, conforming to any kind of gender or sexuality. Mm. Um, I just want to ask one more thing going back to you know Jacob the person right we've we've spent a lot of time talking about Jacob the non-binary person but um, you know obviously that is a big part of you but what other things like tell me about yourself if I asked you you know Jacob yeah. is it one of is it one of the first things you'd mention like it no, you know in the no. in the world in the ideal world where it's perfectly right. accepted is that how you introduce yourself or you know oh no yeah. No, like I would never be like, you know, I always used to say to, I don't go, hi, I'm gay, my name's Jacob. You know, it's just a part of me. And right now that part just needs to be and start being a little louder because, you know, that's the discussion we're having. But just Jacob, I don't know, I just, um, I like to think I'm a good friend. Um, I think kindness above all things is, is, the most important trait a person can have. Um, I try to be as kind as I can. I was raised, you know, kill him with kindness. Um, I like to laugh. I love art. I love music. I love being with my friends. That's the person I am. Um, and I'm a, I'm a lover. I, yeah, no, I, Jacob is, um, and that's the thing too. Like people always go, well, would you ever consider changing your name? because um, that's a big discussion, too, with gender. Um, and at this point, I'm kind of still queer in my journey, gender queer. Um, so I, the, my name is Jacob. I've always, and that's just who I am. And if that happens to be, like, whatever, like a, a male name, then that's fine. Like, I don't mind if people call me a man. I don't mind if people call me a woman. I don't, you know, I, I'm not really dead set on pronouns. I mean, right now... Um, I think I've just kind of tried now to almost eliminate gender from my, from my viewpoint and just kind of try to just see people for who they are and try to be just Jacob, yeah. you know, and just do what I want and say what I feel and, you know. Yeah, and that's, that just brings it back to what, uh, what gender norms are and that's all, you know, told to us by society, but, you know, why is Jacob or David a male name? Because, because it's always been. Yeah, like who cares? I can name my kid whatever I want. I can, and exactly. And it just comes down to trying to 
get rid of gender altogether. You know, I don't like the term gender spectrum because I think, why have gender at all? And that's, you know, where I, where I get to. And even still, like, let's say um, non, there's like male, female, cis, trans, and non-binary. That's still only five boxes. And, you know, if I'm deciding something about a trait I have, which of the five boxes does it fit into? If you say there's no such thing as gender, then, you know, I can just think, where what do, do I want there? to do? Exactly. Right? Yeah, there's, but that, I mean, it's a scary idea, but it's also such a liberating idea. Um, like, I do see merit in, um, uh, you know, the spectrum starting from female and ending in male. Like, there, there obviously are people who are cisgendered females, cisgendered males. Like, that's, part, it's like the Kinsey scale. It's like the, the gay, the straight, and then all in between. Um, but it's, it's the mattering part that, that is kind yeah. of the important part. It's like, whatever. You can say whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that's eventually in the, like, the utopia that w hopefully will be the future is uh, going to be the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think that's a great point to end it on. I want to thank you again for coming in and sharing your experiences with us. And I hope you're willing to share your experiences as well. Thank you for tuning into The Safe Space. We hope to see you next time.